welcome to the Life of Education podcast. So today we're here with Jamie Wilkes. Hi, Jamie. Hi. How are you doing? Hi. <laughs> Good. So, Jamie, you are the CEO of House of Comms and also one of the partners here at Allo. Yes. Um, managing partner House of Comms. Um, my background is quite varied, mainly um, as an innovator in business, as an investor, uh, and now uh, with House of Comms as a um, essentially a marketeer, so integrated comms marketeer, strategic, strategic communications. Um, yeah, that's me. Amazing. So one of the reasons why we wanted to ask you onto the podcast is really just to pick your brain about everything to do with building a fitness brand. So I know okay. that you've worked with some really, really huge brands in the UAE. Can you tell us about what that's like? Yeah. Okay. So um, we work with the likes of Under Armour, who are, of course, huge, huge sports brand here, um, with uh, Muscat Marathon, with the Squash World Series, the Badminton World Series, the Desert Classic uh, Golf Event, um, the Race to Dubai. Have I missed anything? Yeah, quite a lot of sports events over the years. The Formula One, we've done some work with in Abu Dhabi. Um, so quite well-rounded sports experience, I guess. Um, we also work with a lot of influencers, uh, sports influencers for all those brands and for all those events, which is quite interesting, a, quite a, uh, a changing dynamic in, in the industry there. Um, so, yeah. Why is it interesting just to... Um, working think, with influencers? Yeah, I think the whole uh, influencer marketing... Uh, movement or the, the rise of social media and what that has given people in terms of platform is just really interesting. I think it's um, allowing people to be um, empowered with, with a voice to go and do things that perhaps they wouldn't be able to do years ago. Um, and it's interesting in terms of the shift because it started off with just bloggers and people who just used to write articles for a living and try and make a book on the side or get a few freebies here and there to these Instagrammers now who are trying to be Insta-famous and, and uh, yeah, show their, show their wares online. So what do you look for when you're trying to select an influencer for a, for a client or for a product? Authenticity, for a start. Someone who's genuine, real. So um, it used to be about reach and, and followers and whatnot, but it's kind of changed now to uh, uh, real real people doing real stuff that can really connect with people properly as opposed to, you know, this person looks pretty and can get a thousand likes or whatever it may be. So um, brands are seen through now some of the, the statistics that come out of social media or the lack of transparency on the statistics that come out of social media and are looking for more genuine influencers as opposed to fewer influencers with, with higher reach and engagement and that kind of stuff. So what kind of th- how would you judge the authenticity or the the level of transparency from somebody uh, the content is number one is the actual style of the content the production what the actual influencer puts out there um, how they talk about a brand are they obviously scripted are they obviously saying the things that they've been told to say or are they just speaking from the heart um, uh, who who their followers are and why is important also so it's not necessarily about having one influencer with 50,000 followers on a, on a social platform um, you're probably much better having 50 influencers with a thousand followers but those thousand followers being their friends and family and people that are actually real people that listen to that person because they have actual influence over them people whereas one guy with 50,000 followers first of all where's he got them from mm-hmm. and secondly how many of them actually ever see his content the answer is less than one percent so you might as well stick to the real guys with the lower numbers yeah and do you find um, 
when you're selecting people that what am I trying to say do, do you get it right like when you pick people do you find that you guys get it right or do you find oh we've made a mistake here we need to maybe look again often if I'm being brutally honest often the client gets it wrong like we, we will suggest a certain strategy that we believe in based on the fact that we know this is the right thing to do it's the most cost effective it's the most impactful for the brand or for for the product that we're trying to push out within the social domain but a client will literally just sometimes want to cut the corner get the guy with 50,000 100,000 a million followers just for the numbers of awareness which quite frankly means jack shit yeah so then how would you advise someone build their own authenticity or like how would they how would they show themselves from an authentic perspective rather than uh, chasing the the likes of the double taps yeah look i think that's really important i think the, the you know the amount of people that focus on on likes and followers as as a metric is crazy it's it's scary how many people still value those things um followers means nothing anymore because instagram and other social media platforms restrict your content. So it only goes to a certain percentage of your followers, which right now is less than 1%. Right. Less than 1%. So you've got 1,000 followers, 100 people are seeing that post, max, max. Mm-hmm. So you've got someone with a million followers, is that 10,000 people that are see it? That's it. Yeah. So, actually, so you know, they might have a million and you're paying this person 50,000 dirhams to put a post out there, but actually the maximum people are gonna see it is 10,000. But that wasn't always like that. This no, is it's changed. It's changed. Yeah. So, so, so now the, the the whole game is changing to be a paid, paid scenario. Um, uh, slowly but surely, over the years, you know, these these guys, the social media producers, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the Twitters, they're providing these tools for free for our entertainment, for our mm-hmm. however we want to use them. So they monetize obviously through through advertising, advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, and to encourage advertising, they reduce the organic capabilities of of their their software which is well within their rights because they give it you for free so So that's kind of why why influencers used to be able to say okay well i'm going to post something and charge you this sum of money but because of that's changing they can't do that anymore really well you'd be surprised technically technically they should not be able to get away with what they get away with Mm -hmm. but there are people still charging oh i have you know one million followers you pay me ten thousand dollars for a post brands are still paying it i have no idea why we can advise them all day to not do it, but they do because they think they're getting value for money because the numbers say a certain thing, but the numbers are unproven, untested, false and low. So um, for me, you best not spend your money on creative content and pushing that out with a little bit of paid spend to the right audience that's going to have real impact as opposed to mass marketing based on someone's followers, which are either not real or they're not going to see it anyway. Yeah, that's kind of... Uh, what is the word not really what people would uh, instinctively do when they first want to like promote something firstly they'd want to like pay somebody to do someone who has 50,000 followers or something like that to Mm. do something so so it's very different to what they would normally do yeah yeah absolutely so that's where you guys advise them Right. Yeah, so we yeah look we'd, we'd advise more uh, quality content always quality mm-hmm. content will always win if you if you're doing producing interesting content or you're an interesting character or you've got something educational to say or something of meaningful or impact uh, positive impact to say you, it's going to be well received then it's about getting that content to the right people on the right channel um, so understanding where your audience play online you know where, which social media channels are, you, are these people actually using um 
your, your audience be, being the people that you want to be on buy your product visit your event whatever it may be um, which channels are they on what message will get to them and just do a lot of what I'd call micro seeding of content micro seeding content means producing good quality content that's very relevant to a certain target audience and pushing that content very specifically to them using the powerful targeting tools that Instagram and Facebook have and, and whatnot. Um, but in small numbers. So rather than doing a $5,000 campaign and trying to go mass market with a, with a video, seed it for $300 to a, a real core select target audience that you know is going to receive this content well and is going to be interested in that content. It's all there. All the analytics are there. All the tools are there for you to do that. Um, but it's surprising how many companies still just want to go mass market and get a big number of stuff. Sometimes mass market awareness campaigns can work. Um, but these are typically your huge, huge products, you know, your, your cars, your mobile phones, your whatever. But even in those markets now, you can uh, segment your audiences much more thoroughly and, and do it properly. But they're just lazy. So okay. somebody starting out in the industry, somebody young with uh, their friends and family and colleagues and just the general kind of under a thousand followers looking at people who have 10, 20, 30,000 followers, how do, you, how do you motivate yourself or how would you advise them to motivate themselves to like find, like just to push themselves out there, get out there, don't take it as a you've got to take your clothes off or you've got to get your abs out you know yeah Yeah. look there's something to be said for aesthetics but it's a a small portion of the overall equation for what will be successful Um, you know looking especially in the fitness industry looking good is obviously important a lot of people uh, invest in the time and effort to uh, to get fit because they want to look good in some way or feel better about themselves so that aesthetic part of it in this industry is important but to a degree like the amount of fitness influencers that is you know 99 percent uh you know naked photos or semi-naked photos or selfies selfies yeah Mm. and and, you know and i think there's i think there's there's merit for that but to a degree i think you'll find that if there were more influencers doing more selfie video content instagram stories content where they're talking to their audience on a regular basis as opposed to just you know spending an hour perfecting that one photo and posting it you know if they actually spent that hour talking to the audience using instagram tv or instagram stories or facebook live or whatever instead of perfecting the photo with the lighting and getting the friends to i'd I'd focus my time there quality real content um talking people through your story people want to go on that journey with you there's no better way of doing that than, than talking to people directly in video format. Um, it's the best way to, to relay your story. Mm-hmm. It's the stories that people buy into, not necessarily the, the stage photograph yeah. of your abs perfectly reflecting in the light, you know, bouncing off with a little bit of water there because you've not quite worked out because <laughs> you've been doing the photo for an hour, so no, you've stopped sweating. use the spray. Oh, it's the like spray. This, uh, yeah. It's you know? like an oily. <laughs> I don't, but it looks like that, right? It looks like an oil spray. I just well, some the top people, I'm sure, hire teams to make them look better before the camera, yeah. before the picture's even taken. Absolutely, yeah, they've got a whole squad of people there doing their 
hair and makeup and fluff mm. and whatever else. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, going like starting from the very beginning, going back to like how do you build a brand? How do you okay. um, find uniqueness when there's so many people doing the same thing? So like in the fitness industry here, you've got everybody's a personal trainer. Everyone's mm-hmm. uh, out there almost like self-employed. So how do people, if they want to build their own kind of brand and identity, how do they do that in a unique way? Aside from what you were saying about authenticity and things like that. Um, aside from authenticity. Yeah, so obviously we're going to make... Look, it's massively important. I think, again, that real authentic content is going to be... We buzz, it's become a buzzword, real and authentic, but it's true. Like it's, it's the most well-received. The other way of standing out is making things fun. Um, and not taking it too seriously. So there's, there's a lot of influencers out there that take themselves extremely seriously. That's true. And um, sometimes unnecessarily so. Um, but from one of the things, I was at a um, uh, at the Lynx, the Dubai Lynx uh, Awards Festival in March this year, I think it was, March. And we had the CEO over from Can Lion. And he did this uh, this intimate talk with the marketing society, which... Um, which I'm lucky to be a member of. And um, there's about 20 people in the audience and the CEO of Can Lion, he basically talked about uh, the key drivers in terms of what humans want from their content. And it was all about truth, authenticity, education, and fun. So if you can build your content around those pillars, then you, you, you're halfway there. So um, that would be my first advice, focus around those themes of content so uh, sitting again, truth, help. authenticity, education, education and, and fun. And fun, the best one. People want to be entertained. You know, people you know want to consume interesting content yeah. that's fun, yeah. that's informative, but that's like, real. Uh, like the, like, <laughs> sorry, I watch, you know, some of the funny animal things that you see on Instagram and they're all like okay. these animals doing funny things. I know this is not relevant, but people do things that are funny on um fitness yeah. things a, all the time there's a there's a guy from the uae i can't pronounce his name it's an arabic name he's a bodybuilder he's he's huge in size and he does 60 second skits where he'll have the mario brothers song playing and he's trying to walk in a door and then he has to turn sideways and he has to walk in and to look at these videos you think oh okay but then they're funny. Like you have to say that. I bet he gets amazing engagement. He's he's yeah. huge. Fo- I don't know what his number is, but he's huge following, and everybody loves it. And you'll see his. The, the is he on videos. Facebook? Possibly. It, I only see his stuff on Instagram. Yeah, because because obviously you can't share stuff on Instagram, but it, that's where Facebook's still so powerful. Like if you you can get some seed content that's really cool, that's interesting, that's fun, that's informative. Everyone shares it on Facebook. You can't, you can't do that on Instagram. I'm not sure if they'll ever build that into the platform. They probably will at some point. Um, but you can share individual like posts. So if somebody posts something that you find funny, then you can, you you can, can re- share them. You can repost using another app, mm. which is a pain in the ass. But what and, I mean and by that is... you can share it to an individual, yes. but you can't share on your page or to a group, which is what you can on Facebook, which is mm. what gets that virality of content. So that's where this kind of content works really well on Facebook. Even though Instagram is the go-to um, visual, aesthetic kind of content, uh, Facebook is still the most powerful by far in terms of actually having an impact and getting some reach and getting some shares and, and spreading the word quickly. So there must be then very different strategies from yeah. Instagram. To, what would the main differences be if someone's more in the world of Facebook? Depends on, on the individual, what they want to do, who they're talking to. So... Um, yeah, look, in, Instagram is much more, again, as visual aesthetic. 
Facebook is too, but you can post uh, larger quantities of data on Facebook in terms of file size, longer videos. Um, you can uh, have more calls to action through Facebook. You can inc- include URLs. So Facebook is just a generally more powerful tool. People seem to like Instagram better for some reason. It's, I guess it's easier to use. It's pretty. It's nice. It's got a nice yeah. fluffy logo. But Facebook's much more powerful in terms of actually marketing. That's interesting. What what other platform would you suggest people to use? For fitness. Yeah, what for kind fitness. Of, for, 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 for social for media. Personal trainers, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. I stick with those too. I, I wouldn't overcomplicate it. You know, I think Instagram's important just because it's it's um, it's very popular um, with certain audience sets. Um, I guess the PTs, each PT will have their own type of customer. Some will cater for male, for female, for I guess different types of people in different types of situations. Like niches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but again, for that, Facebook's better for targeting. Um, it's just not as cool right now as a platform, but still by far the most powerful. There's more data embedded in Facebook. There's more tools to, to actually reach your target audience. It's very cheap. Um, yeah, like the, in Instagram, you can't include a URL. So if you have a website or you want to promote something, unless you're paying for that, uh, there's no chance. Whereas with Facebook, you can include and you can share more information, more kinds of information. And you want more chance of things going viral because you can't share anything on Instagram. It's a different well, people focus on Instagram. I was like, well, no. They Facebook. do, yeah. It's a, it's a different Especially kind of user, though, industry. isn't it? Um, someone on Facebook is more likely to be on a desktop at work yeah. who has a little bit more time than someone who's just sitting on a bus flipping through Instagram. Instagram, you're just scrolling, 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 whereas Facebook, you're more likely to stop, re- read a bit, follow a link, read an article. Yeah. I guess so. Look, it is, I don't know. For me, it's... it's um, I, th- I think if you looked at the stats around the usage of Facebook, it's still almost identical to Instagram being mobile first, 99%. Um, I'm not sure of that stat, by the way, but <laughs> it's probably it's probably close to almost exclusively mobile right. now, globally, okay. and especially locally in this market because the penetration here is, is much higher than the, the average global global penetration on mobile. So, um, yeah, it's uh, for me... I don't know. I, I, I am not sure why people, especially uh, fitness influencers, PTs, that kind of people, they, they, they ignore Facebook, or most of them do. I definitely be, do, personally. That would, that would be my go-to platform. I don't know. I I don't know why I don't use Facebook. I just It's almost like there's too many things happening. Yeah, exactly. So I you need to focus on one. You're lazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm lazy when it comes to... But I spend too much time on my phone still. But I would be... I'd like to see, you know how now they give you your stats? Yeah. Like, you spent seven hours this week on Facebook. <laughs> Let's pull there. out I yours. Can't, I, can't, luckily I can't do it right now, but I would say it's a lot of social media, mm. um, but not a lot of Facebook. Yeah. Look, I, you know, are there more people on Instagram than Facebook? No, there are more Facebook users in this country. Are there more people on Instagram than Facebook? No, there are more Facebook users. Um, the penetration smartphone still... It's, it's easier to target people on Facebook. It's easier for calls to action, to drive sales, to drive traffic to external sources, to build games, drive coupons, whatever. There's, there's so many more things you can do as a marketing tool on Facebook versus Instagram. I'm surprised that everyone just focuses on Instagram. Instagram is great for the, that, 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 yeah. that photo content. But, you, but if you're building your brand and you want to market to sell your services, it's a secondary platform. It's, it should, you, should, you should use it for sure, but it's secondary to Facebook for this industry in this market. So taking that then to the next step, anybody watching this now who thinks, okay, 
I'm going to make the leap. I'm going to get off. If there's such a potential on it, Facebook, what's mm-hmm. the? Fr- how do I? How do I do that? How do I get from Instagram onto Facebook? Do I have to change my habits? Sell it to me and it says, I'm lazy. I don't want to yeah, do like it. Like also, is yeah. the content the same? Are you posting the same thing on Facebook that you're posting on Insta? Or Not always. Um, I think you definitely need to have a different strategy for each platform. Um, and again, the, just to take a step back, I think that before we go into what the content should be and what channel it should be, the most important thing for anyone starting a, a, you know, a business in terms of fitness professional um, education or training or whatever it may be is understanding who your audience is people forget that people just think oh, I'll just push it out on social media and hopefully the right people will pick it up and it's it's a crucial step that everyone misses it's like right okay who are the most likely people to buy my service it's the first question and a lot of people don't even think about that. They just assume they'll become a PT and then you know, people will naturally gravitate to them because they randomly, sporadically push out mm-hmm. content on social media. Um, so that, that's the most important thing. And then working out what the behaviors are then of those consumers. So let's say you know, you're a PT and you specialize in postnatal um, development and postnatal fitness. Um, you're targeting mums or new mums in fact mm. there's a million ways in which you can target say a million quite a few ways in which you can target very specifically in Facebook um, people who have just given birth women who have just given birth and then you can specifically then push content to those people with a very high chance of that person potentially being interested in your service because they've just gone through birth um, that's just one example but you know depending on who your audience are um, depends on what content you build and what platform you, you will use. So can it be the same content on Instagram and Facebook? Yes. Um, you have to consider the, the format differences. Um, is it wise just to have the same content? No. If you're doing the same content all the time on both platforms, you're not using one or the other or both correctly. You may be using them both incorrectly, in fact. Um, but there is some crossover for sure. And then the stories... Is there a knack to promoting yourself on an Insta story compared to a Facebook story? Yeah, so I also have a question, sorry as well, because it piggybacks on that one. Okay. When when people do do the stories, is that done in an algorithm as well, like the rest of Insta? There are algorithms that look at the stories content and, and who sees that and how and why and whatnot, yeah. Okay. And do you know what are they do you know what they are generally or um look yes and no. Uh, loosely. Yeah. I understand some of the principles, but they probably change it. Every day, it's probably a con- constantly in motion. They'll review the stats and the usage, and and be, be monitored. They'll have a team of data scientists looking at how people are interacting with. And what's with their stories. goal? Are they trying to get out an equal spread of all the content to everybody? Well, what what's, what would they, why wouldn't they just say off you go? Um, in what sense? In, what you mean like Instagram? For yeah, like why? So the chronological thing used to be there. Yes, this was posted ten minutes ago, twelve yeah. minutes ago, fourteen minutes yeah. ago, and they changed that to offer people that was more. Years ago, yeah. Um, we're, we're Facebook outdated. did the same, but Facebook gave the option, don't they? Where you can, not anymore, maybe not. <laughs> um, so now, what, like, what was Instagram's idea behind that? What was the philosophy behind? Right, let's show. It's, from what I was told, it was just let's show people more of what they like. Yeah, look, I think. Um, they, they look at who engages with what content, how frequently, and when, okay? And if you, if, you, if you have all that information just constantly coming in from how many billions of, so they've just over got half a billion, I think it's nearly 600 million now they've got on, on Instagram. You've got 600 million people posting and engaging and interacting with content 
every single day, often every hour of every day. That's a hell of a lot of data to start to feed into then and go say, okay, well, how do we improve the platform to make more people use it? To how do we improve the platform to ensure that our our existing users are still happy to use it? Because let's face it, you know, they're all about driving people to use the platform. The more people they have in their platform, looking at content, posting content, engaging in content, the better they, ha- the better chance they have of selling advertising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the more regular they have, the better chance. So it's the old adage of like, like with TV years ago. You know, the better the ad and the better the, the better the TV content, the more people would watch. Therefore, they could sell more advertising. It's exactly the same. So when you think of it like that, yeah. they have they have different goals. They they first of all to be able to sell advertising effectively, they need the numbers. So any change that they will have made with their product over the years will revolve around keeping existing customers, attracting new customers or um, subscribers, viewers, mm-hmm. um, and, and making it a, a better platform for them in terms of the experience, making it valuable to them. So it's one goal is to make it valuable, valuable to them. Uh, then it will be, they need to make it valuable to their, their money-making side yeah. of the business, which are the brands that are paying to advertise there. So and it's finding that balance so that they constantly don't piss people off by changing the platform so that the experience becomes a negative one for the benefit of the advertisers. Mm-hmm. So it's a constant balancing act, and sometimes they'll get it really right, and sometimes they'll get it really wrong. But often, they'll 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 you know with the amount of data and information they have, they'll often get it just about right, right in the middle. Yeah, and there's just so many people on it anyway, isn't there? Like, mm. they're not going to lose people. No. So, sorry, Keith, going back to your question, you were asking about what to post on stories, right? Is there a knack? Sorry, yeah. yeah, is there a knack to... There's a difference, obviously. Oh, is there an algorithm in the stories thing you asked? No, just how, how, should the, how should the the trainer or the yoga instructor who wants to use the story... Mm-hmm. How should differently they Differently to the yeah, feed, you mean? Yeah, differently to the feed, or, like, is there a knack? Is there differences... Yeah. What, what should people be thinking about? Yeah, look, for, again, it comes back to that same thing before about being about being real and, and authentic and, and having interesting content. So stories is a great way of giving people snapshot and insight into what it takes to be uh, in a certain shape in terms of your diet, in terms of your routine, your training. Can they give some insight into um, any of their clients by, by, by featuring their clients in, in that manner in, in stories? Is it the same content as, as on the feed? No, it, it's shot very differently. It's short, sharp. It's ten second max. It's raw. It's rough. It's not edited. It's you know it's real. But people are engaging with that content more. Mm-hmm. So when you look at Instagram stories engagement rates now compared to the regular content, the feed content, it's miles higher. I can't give you the stat. It's out there somewhere, but it's a lot higher. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I'm, people I'm are not flicking that. this way, they're flicking that way now. Yeah. Well, but they're yeah. not flicking at all, they're pressing play and then just watching it. Yeah, it mm. flicks for you almost. flicks for you, and that's the mm. whole thing, it just, just keeps playing. And like it's very Netflix. easy to see the next one, you just tip, tip, yeah. tip, you don't even have to <laughs> do yeah. this one. And it's at the top, so it's prominent, you have to scroll down, it's there, and you can see you know, five, six, seven options of content that are there ready to go. You know, all with the little red circle going around, so it's drawing your eye. So it's it's built in a certain way to engage you, but um, it's that's Instagram's play on on the video thing, and Instagram TV is only compounding that. So, and can you? Sorry, we're digressing here, but can you explain a little bit about Instagram TV? What is that? Um, yes, it's a longer form of stories, really. So uh, it's it's a longer form of stories. It um, uh, in terms of the strategies around it. 
similar to, I guess, any video content. It's just another platform to push out video content. So how would how would you people can broadcast live, or you can be you can put post post okay. later. So then, how would people adequately use that in the fitness industry? And differentiate too, because now you've got another platform, really. Yeah, it's a no, it's a it's a third it's a third way of distributing content in the same same app, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more for long form. So Instagram TV would be say if you wanted to lot host long tutorials on a certain type of exercise, that would probably be the place to do it. Anything that's longer than a minute and you can't put it on your normal your normal um, your normal feed, Instagram TV is where you'd, where you'd host that. Okay. Just for longer form content, more educational, I guess, uh, and in depth compared to the the sixty seconds. Still and has that seconds. got the analytics and the sponsored aspect to it as well? Yes, I'm not sure to what extent. Yeah, quite quite honestly, I'm not sure to what extent, but um, it definitely has analytics behind it too. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's all just it's all just a mindfulness. You're trying to actually do your day job. You're trying to work with your clients. You're trying to call all the leads. You're trying to have your lunch get your training session in and then you've got this other place where everyone's attention is focused and you've just mm. got to you've got to show yourself you've got to create you've got to you got to be present I know some of the guys I work with don't like it because it's just not in their nature to, mm. to get themselves out there to turn the camera in on themselves yeah, and, and absolutely it's daunting for some people yeah. for sure mm. I hate it <laughs> so I have a question for you. How how do people in this industry um, make themselves successful? What would you suggest? Where would you start? Yeah, that's a really broad question. Broad, so yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> know what you're doing for one. No, in terms of what, in what sense? So um, be well, more specific. So people, most, and, and again, I'm speaking for myself here and very generally, most people in this industry are very good at the physical practice of what they do. But when it comes to social media, everyone's just learning. And mm. we have met so many doctors and physios and rehab specialists that have this wealth of knowledge, but when mm. it comes to social media, have no clue. Yeah. And they're just getting in on it. And they're very, very educated people. So when it comes to those things, how how do people make themselves successful in uh, ever-changing kind of social media environment. Does that make sense? Kind of. So I think if what we're talking about is, is marketing, really, and marketing through social for success. Is that that would be fair? Yeah. Uh, to sum up kind of the question. So And then again, as well, on a much broader term, in a business term, like how to, what tips do you have? Sorry, now I'm asking way too many questions. Go yes. back to the first one. <laughs> so we are, okay, so first of all, let's, let's think about the brand. So most most fitness in, fitness professionals are independents. Most people, would that be fair? You tell me. I mean, it's, a, it's it's you're going to be putting yourself forward, you yeah. know, on the thi- on the. That's what I'm saying. So, are, are we talking to uh, fitness brands? Are we talking to gyms? Are we talking to individuals? Today? I think I think just focusing for this on the individual is, is probably okay. the, the better way. The oh. person, because I think just to interject, I think the first thing that people need to do is ex- is accept that Instagram is a thing that you need to use yeah. if you want to be a success. I stop being in denial. And, and get on board because the people who are who have 100,000 followers in here, they accepted this five, six years ago and they mm. went for it. And yeah. they're just, part of the reason why they're so successful is they were just ahead. They just didn't have the same kind of re- reservations. But I know we spoke to a couple of physios here who are, they're in it now. They haven't got a great following. They're trying to work out their style. They're being very cautious. I don't want, and I was the same. I don't want to do this. I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. Just because it's the fear of, of the whole unknown, yeah. putting yourself out there. 
Yeah. Um, look, there's, there's two things. First of all, it's it's your it's your brand. Uh, I think looking at your your personal brand is really important. Who you are, what you stand for, what 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 is your character, and not thinking too much about it, but just being yourself. You know, whether you're a dry person or a serious person or a fun person, be that person. Number one, um, because that then is going to translate into good content as long as it's real. You know, you might not think that you're the most interesting person, but actually just being yourself on camera is interesting to other people. And people, you know, it really is. And, and <laughs> with the exception of sorry, one or sorry. two. I'm definitely not the most interesting person. I would hate to be myself on camera. <laughs> I think a lot of people would hate me to be myself on camera. <laughs> Stop being yourself. No yeah. authenticity. No, I th- I look, I think it's important. I think, I think, you know, there's so many people trying to be something that they're not on social media because it's like oh like you know my friends know me as x and my colleagues know me as y and my father and my family know me as z and you're slightly different people yeah. in certain social circles the problem with social media is it takes away all that bullshit yeah. that you've been pretending to be for the last lifetime and just puts you as who you are front and center so you got you got to you got to work out who that is yeah you got to work out who you are so first of all i would i would really think about who the hell i was stop thinking about you know i am this to this person and this to this person and this to this group of friends and because everyone's slightly different yeah you know and acts slightly differently and has slightly different experiences and slightly different confidences when they're in different social you play different roles in different in different exactly circles, yeah mm-hmm. but but intrinsically there's always you in there there's always there's always a core of who you are so first of all if you're going to build a personal brand know who you are know what your what your beliefs are, know what you stand for, what you work for, what makes you tick, what makes you get up in the morning. Get, the, get all those things together because that's you at your core and just be that person because those things will be the consistent things that you uh, kind of portray in all the different social circles that you operate in. So, Keith, are you listening? <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean... Taking so, notes. So, number one... Find out who you know. Go home and stare in the mirror <laughs> and ask some tough questions. <laughs> Jean Valjean. Yeah. Who am I? No, it's. I think. Look. Um. I. Th- uh, yeah. I think it's a very good point what you say. You do play different roles, don't you? Like you're yeah. you're a certain person to your family. Yeah. And and as soon and as soon as you know you you whack anything that is uh, you live or, or video recorded or voice note on social, yeah. it's out there. You're out there. You know, exposed. So just make sure that whoever you expose is is real, because you can't pretend forever. Yeah. So one, be real to yourself, find out who you are, and be that person. Define your brand. Don't get caught up in the aesthetics of you know branding and logos and that kind of stuff. I think that's not important at early stage, especially as an independent. You know, so many people you know, oh, I'm going to start a company. I need a logo. No, you don't. Like you know, you can have the worst logo that looks mm-hmm. like shit in the world, but it's what you make your brand by who you are and how you make people feel and what value you add. That's how you. You build a brand. So so once you've defined who you are, forget making logos and building names and brands. Forget all that. Um, Go straight into what value am I going to add and to who? Um, And then then, then do it. Yeah. Just do it. Execute. So if you want to entertain people by being a fun personal trainer, be the fun personal trainer that's a prankster that jokes that, you know, 
takes the piss out of his clients, literally rips them apart, yeah. makes his clients cry. Be that person. If, you, if you're a prankster and you're a joker, be that guy. If you're a very serious guy, or what, then be a very serious, studious, educational guy who can be really informative. You might look and think that you're boring as shit, <laughs> but just be who just you are. I feel like you're talking about Keith right now. <laughs> But just be who you are. I'm serious. Like honestly, that. more people will buy into you by being real and giving them something of value than you pretending to be something else. So, yeah. so, um, so that would be my next next advice. Yeah, oh, and well. then just keep executing. Then, then, then my next advice would be, don't stop. Just because your first video got ten views, don't not make another one. Make another one and make another one and make another one and make another one. Just keep fucking executing because eventually. You know, as you grow, as your brand, as your network grows, as your reputation grows, that video content's still out there. People will go back and see it. Yeah, they'll go back and see it in three years' time, five years' time, because it's there. It'll be on YouTube. It'll be on Facebook. It'll be on Instagram or wherever you've hosted it. Vimeo. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you was you touched on it a little bit just now as to what pitfalls people should avoid. Yeah. Like, what are the common things that you would see that you think, oh, you're maybe steering down the wrong, you were doing this well, maybe go back to that. So, my main issue right now, and this is big brands, independent brands, anyone in most industries on social media, is there are far too many people, companies, producing daily organic content of average value that no one ever sees. It's bollocks. Like, you know, it's, it's the most inefficient use of time and resource I'm seeing across the spectrum of, of the social media industry. Can now. you explain what you yeah, mean so, by that? So again, coming back to the algorithm and, and you know and how um, the algorithms in certain social media platforms limit what you see um, to encourage people to, to pay. It's a pay-to-play game. So um, if an algorithm is restricting, why are you not shifting your strategy to a paid game? Why not produce less content of higher quality and pay to get it to the right people? So your budget might not change. You're just doing less, but it actually works harder for you. So let's say your budget, you know, in terms of uh, for an independent was a thousand dirhams a month. And that thousand dirhams, you know, you had to pay somebody to edit your content or somebody, a graphic designer to tweak some content for you to make it look pretty or whatever it may be. And you were producing posts every single day and you paid this graphic designer 1,000, 2,000 dirhams a month to make your content look nice. Or you boosted it for 10 dirhams, 100 dirhams, whatever. Um, why not reduce the volume of that content and just do two things in the month rather than 20 things in the month? Just do two. What of higher value and put more budget behind actually paying for that content to get out there to the right people. It's a much, much more effective strategy than just posting every day. No one sees it when you post every day. No one. 1% of your audience see it. That's it. And it's the same people every day yeah. who are either already buying your services or they're not because they've seen it every day. So, yeah. you know, why not take your content to new audiences that aren't following you that's more relevant to that content you're pushing out? And that's, that's for me, the, the biggest bugbear I have. And that, you'd be surprised how many, how many brands, including clients of ours, that insist on doing daily organic content. No one sees it ever. And they spend money on production they waste time they spend energy on all this all this crazy crazy content that no one ever sees no one yeah that's good advice um okay so what other pitfalls would you advise people against in the fitness industry specifically Mm -hmm. okay um 
the balance between these uh, aesthetic-based naked photos of bodies versus like content of real interest. I think if people can shift away from the posing content and more informative and fun content, they're going to be a lot more successful. Or inspirational content that is not just regurgitating a quote from Muhammad Ali yeah, or yeah. whoever. There's lots of that. Yeah, with the picture with no top on and then why they... Yeah. Well, they got up early that day yeah. to do something special. And also, some people just tell the same story over and over again. You know, 10 years ago, I lost 20 kilograms. Yeah. Five years ago. It's like, no. Just yeah. tell it once, tell it well, move on, tell something else. There's more stories. It also puts a lot of pressure on the, I, I mean, uh, it would drive me no, crazy. No, my life is not that busy. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine you're 22 and you've found yourself with a whole other followers because you've been in a bunch of bikini pics on your page. How much mm. stress must that put on you as a person yeah. to maintain that, to continue that, to keep that yeah. facade up? You, how do you make that? So here's a question. How would you make that shift from that to, all right, now I want to be taken seriously? Just do it. Just do it. Don't think about it too much. Just go, okay, this is my strategy. Execute. Just do it. Just make the shift. No one's going to phone in and complain. Oh, sorry, send me, send me a picture of your tits. I was really enjoying that. No. Yeah. You know, peop- it's going to be just just do it. Just yeah. pick, pick your new strategy and say, okay, I am now going to stand for this. This is going to be the content I'm pushing out for this reason. And just do it. That's good advice. I always listen to, what's his name? Uh, Tony Robinson. And he always says, like, uh, action is the propagator of change. Yeah. So actually what you're thinking, actually turning it into action and executing it. Mm-hmm. 100%. So then, the brands, the companies that are trying to push the brands online, mm-hmm. the older generation, the people who define older, like do I fit into that category? <laughs> I think you do. <laughs> I'm wearing a hoodie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, because people who, like we spoke about with the physios, the the, the men and women in their forties and fifties who have the knowledge. How do they, how do they turn their business? So now they they're clinic owners or they're studio yeah. owners. How do they not just sit on a table and pay some young person who's fresh out of digital marketing university to do the job and say, "Here's the money, you go do it." Like, how do they get those conversations across? All right, we let's we want to build this image and we want this is kind of the the route we want to go down. Um. So what's the question? So the question is advice to business owners who own a clinic now and instead of... Yeah, clinic or gym or studio, like how do they get their message across? It's not them. The camera's not in their hand. Yeah. Um, depends. You know, if, if their business revolves around them and their reputation, then they should they should put themselves out there because it revolves around them. And that's, the, that's what people are buying into. If, if it's more about the brand that they've created... And, and you know, people go to their studio or to their gym or to their class or or their clinic, whatever it may be, because of the brand and not necessarily the individual. Um, then it becomes a brand marketing task, and then you, then you just look at what what does a brand stand for, um, and how do we then create messages and content that can elevate and push those messages out there on the right channels to to drive drive business. So um, it's case by case, of course. But for me, it'd be really looking at understanding what consumers think of their brand why consumers buy their services or go to their clinic or whatever it may be um, once you understand that then you you understand or you should understand how to market back to them and to the broader audience 
Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And then you talk about... I mean, because one, one thing you've just said about the, the higher quality posts, less frequently, that's more digestible for me because I can... That's actually less effort. Less effort. For me. Way yeah. less effort. Yeah. And in actual fact, people are telling you the opposite. Most people... Post every day. Yeah. Twice a yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why? One percent of your people see it and they see the same shit every day. Yeah. I don't have the, t- the time or the, the brain power t- to come up with something new every day. That was one of the biggest conversations we used to have was people would ask me to, you know, you should, oh, you should post about this or this. It's like, if, yeah. if you want me to post about the thing, I'll do it. But I don't sit down with a planner. Yeah. Some people have that advice, you know, plan your week, plan this, plan that, and, and post every day. Um, I think a good, a good balanced strategy would be to have maybe one per week, one really good quality piece of content per week. That you're paying that you to then be... Pay, that you then boost on the mm-hmm. social platforms to get out to your audience, to a specific audience, not the audience that are already following you. You don't care about them. Mm. Why? You're not, in, you're not in entertainment. You're in business. If those people, those people know who you are, they're already following you. Most of them are probably your customers, your friends, your family, and maybe some people you've paid to follow you because you've bought a tool at some point and you've got some dummy followers. That's it. So why are you marketing to them? Yeah. Market to new people, not your followers. Your, follow, your followers are almost insignificant. Really. There is a pattern. I mean, you, you'll see the same people like your posts for your friends, your, your, yeah. your family, your clients, your ex-clients. But here's why. Because what happens is whoever likes your post... That feeds back into the algorithm. Yeah. So the next time that that person's online, they're going to be del- delivered your content because Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, they know that that person's likely to like your post, and an engagement is a, mm-hmm. a valuable thing. See where see how yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, I can say that because every time I scroll through like the story or like the same press, people, first yeah, every it's time. always my my little sister's always first, and I'm yeah. like, I can't, I'm not stalking her really, but I probably <laughs> yeah. am exactly now. What it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay. And vice versa, there are suggestions that I don't know for sure. There are suggestions that people who look at your content, you'll be served their content up as well. Oh, okay. So, you know, it's, it's obviously undisclosed, but it all feeds in. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true. I was told that the other day. Okay. So, Jamie, how do, how do people make money from their content? Say if they're like a fitness professional, they're posting all of this content on social media, how do yep. they convert that into actual like monetary gains? Because it's all okay. well and good to post about your life and what you're doing and everything yep. on social media. But the reason that people spend so much time and effort there is for a business value, right? Yeah, for sure. So um, it's quite a big question, but I think for me, it's all about the, the overarching uh, digital ecosystem that you create for yourself or your brand. So, Whilst you're on social media, how are you taking bookings? Are you taking them by phone? Are you taking them by email? Have you built a website with an e-commerce widget in that is cheap and readily available these days? So that it all needs to kind of filter to something. You know, you need to have calls to action in your content that drive your potential customers to somewhere to actually take that next step to be able to commercialize it. So, you know, lots of people post loads of content, but no one ever says, I've got some spare time. Give me a call. I've got slots for, you'll get the odd one, but not a lot of people just have this call to action built into their content. Um, and then it also depends on the platform again and the platform use. So with Facebook, you can build uh, things within Facebook now where you can take bookings within Facebook and you can take money within within the platform. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's new? Yeah, fairly. It's been around for a while. There's, there's ways in which Facebook are helping you to monetize selling goods and services within the platform been on for, for a while now 
So it just highlights the, the importance of a good website then as well. A good website is massively important, yeah. Um, I would have a website that would at least take inquiries and booking forms. might not be e-commerce ready, but at least you can gather data and gather information from people. So you're hosting more of the content there that's professional, that's well laid out, um, and that's an extension of your brand from social media that's consistent on messaging. Um, but yeah, I think having a full digital ecosystem is important. Websites, you can you know, you can build a one-page website with a contact form yeah. for nothing these days. I mean, it's actually very easy to do it yourself with these widgets like Wix and um, WordPress. GoDaddy have their own mm. built-in thing now, which is really cool, a, really, a new one that I've seen quite recently. Um, yeah, WordPress, of course, for the templates. So building websites yourself is dead easy. If not, you can pay someone, a freelancer, a couple of thousand dirhams to do it for you if you really want to. Um, but then other ways are like YouTube. Um, if you are spending your time creating content, why not professionalize that content, host it on YouTube in some way, and, and see if you can make a, a, a quick book out of advertising uh, from YouTube royalties. So the, so the bare minimum, if you're starting with a bu- on a budget, mm. limited time, a website, and then some form of social media channel? Website, Facebook first, Instagram probably second um, and then depending on the, the how confident you are in front of the camera and the kind of level of content you can you can build maybe th- YouTube is something later on so if you're you know wanting to do tutorials on um, how to do certain kind of activity exercise great do it mm-hmm. whack it on YouTube see if you can see if you can get some hits on there and if you can you can you can sell advertising on YouTube make a bit, bit, of, bit of cash on the side and then the calls to action, because for people who maybe don't even know what that is, that's like a... Asking them to call you, email you, you know, book now. You know, Come in for a free Recommend a friend. Free, yeah. yeah, all these kind of stuff. So, you know, lots of people put nice content out, but forget to actually ask them, ask your audience to do something. If you don't ask, you don't care. Because, yeah, because you need... Because well, just to kind of map out the way we do it, you hope you've got a good picture, stimulates the thought, the call to action says, you know, follow the link fill out the content form, the user goes to the website, types in their name, info, email address, phone number. We'll get an email off the back end of the computer, off the back end of the website. We'll give them a call. Boom, we arrange a consultation. They come in, sit down, see what we can do. So that's the that's the map for a, for a PT. Um, that's what we do. That, that works for us. You know, we've, got, we've had some, some good success with that. Um, the word of mouth referrals is obviously the second one for us, but that's not really digital mi- marketing, is it? The next thing I do, which is really cost-effective, is uh, AdWords, Google. So people over, people still overlook search, but if you think about think about this from a pure marketing perspective, when you're creating content and pushing that content out on social media, even with your targeting, you don't know if the person you're targeting is a proactive buying customer. You don't know if they're looking for a PT. They might have a PT. They might never be interested in a PT, but you think, based on your search parameters and how you've targeted them, that they might want your services. So it's guesswork. With Google marketing, it's complete opposite. The, the customer, the potential customer, is already searching for your services. So they're already a potential buying customer because they're in Google searching for fitness trainer to buy, personal trainer to buy, whatever it may be. So why not spend a few dirhams marketing to those guys? You know they're looking. So what's the mechanism there? How does that work? You uh, go to get a Google account, and that's it. Ad- AdWords account. Log in, create an account, and uh, you need a website for sure because you need to push them to somewhere. 
and then you need to convert them within your website. It's not just Google advertising phone now. You can add your phone number, but very few people actually ex- uh, execute the phone number thing. Um, so yeah, that's it. it's a it's a very short 150 character ad. Yeah. Um, and you pay depending on where you want it ranked. So if you want it ranked number one on Google, it's going to cost you more. If you're happy to be number two, three, four, five, six, seven, then it'll cost you a bit less. But you only pay if someone clicks on it. Yeah. So that's mm. a really good way of getting very quick leads for new business. And people still overlook it. Search marketing is massive. Yeah. Mm. I think when you get I, in... My, my, my go-to marketing for House of Comms is search marketing. Really? Telling all my competitors yeah. to secrets. <laughs> I'm sure that... Yes. Um, we, we have like... We have, I mean, hundreds, hundreds of keyword searches mapped out with budget behind them and we get 20 leads a day for new business see all that's a little bit daunting for a, a fitness instructor a PT yoga instructor I could, I could, that the way I've just described it I guess <laughs> <laughs> but basically you just write I'm available I'm a great I'm a great personal fitness trainer yeah. I'm in Dubai you know call now email now it's they click on it they enter some information you get a phone call you get an email saying I want your services it's, it is that simple it's not daunting the only thing, I mean, the, the platform is fairly user-friendly. Um, you just need a credit card, and, you know, and it takes, and you maximize your budget. So, um, so if you say, my, my, my budget for this month is 200 dirhams, you might only get 10 clicks and four phone calls, but you might convert all four to, yeah. you know, so that 200 dirhams is more than well spent. Oh, yeah, you just convert one of those, and then you've got exactly. that person coming back to you each month, and they're going to cover that cost. Exactly. So yeah. it's once you've gone through the process, yeah. and there are loads of tutorials on YouTube, how to set up right. you know, Google Marketing Campaign or um, uh, AdWords campaigns, loads of basic two-minute tutorials that can show you the ropes. Watch one of them, have a go yourself, try it out with 50 dirhams, yeah. see what happens. It just stems from the website, doesn't it? Again, back to the website. You need a website. Like, mm-hmm. This is the thing. So doing anything alone these days is kind of foolish just doing social and just doing one platform you, you're completely missing out you, unless you bring it all together that full ecosystem of, of, um, of channels then you're, you're missing out you're not doing a full job and it's not that complicated to put it all together mm-hmm. yes you need, a, you need a website as an anchor you need something that is going to be your anchor that you own, that's yours, that's go-to for, for anyone wanting to call you, wanting to email you, wanting to get in touch, wanting to know who you are. The website's the first thing I would do, for sure. Um, a LinkedIn profile, not massively important in, in this industry, but in most industries, a LinkedIn profile would also be, be quite relevant. Um, uh, and, and then just making sure that you're consistently working with each channel as well. Because people, you know, people build a website and then just not, not do anything with it. It won't update the content for two, three years. It won't change the picture. It, won't, it just sits there. Mm. Um, but having the anchor is, is crucial. Were you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to ask you about um, longevity. Like how do, how do companies stay, um, stay successful long-term? Or maybe Companies in general? No, 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 no. Oh. Like fitness professionals oh. in general. I was say, you have another hour? Yeah, sorry. Um longevity in business uh, for, for me it would be a couple of things one consistency in in what you're good at and and making sure that you have your dna and you you keep delivering it and you keep executing that 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 dna because um, people buy into consistency and and uh i guess loyalty as well when it comes to 
comes to PTs in particular, that trust element and that, that relationship is quite important. Uh, so being being consistently um, on it in terms of valuing that relationship. Because people, what I've seen with PTs that I've had myself is, you know, you get to know the PT, there's a certain amount of chat, there's a certain amount of support, and then eventually after you've been going for two, three months, they kind of take you for granted. And then, you know, they're always looking for new business or the next the, the next client. And there's this, you know, I, I've seen that myself with two, two or three PTs that I've had over the years, and I see it a lot. So um, don't be complacent, for sure. It would be the message, I guess, there. And then the next thing is is keep innovating. I guess more of a business advice. Um, but I think with PTs as well, so when you're looking at um, uh, upskilling yourself, educating yourself to ensure that you're ahead of the game uh, in terms of the advice that you're you're giving, because uh, especially in this game, the, the fitness industry, things change all the time. There are new discoveries, new sciences, new ways to do things. Um, PTs who are still, you know, living off that course that they were taught 10 years ago mm-hmm. and rolling out the same shit and the same routines and giving the same advice that they were taught by someone who is probably obsolete yeah. now in their and advice. And the same program to everybody. Yeah, so, so, so I think innovating and learning is, is crucial um, because it only takes one person to know a bit more than you do and give better advice to that client and you've lost it. So yeah, I also think as well just the level of stuff there is needed to know in the industry and that you just don't cover on those courses that, that, yeah. you, that you start your, your career with even if you remembered it all to the T which most people don't there's just loads more there's just loads and loads there's always someone new with something slightly different or yeah. something slightly mm-hmm. some or a different approach yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah new yeah. equipment new science yeah. you know, you're not utilising it like that's where people fall down even if even if the science stayed the same even mm-hmm. if we found out right now what we know is all we know mm-hmm. and all we're going to know what you learn on those courses yeah it's only a fraction there's a lot more to st- yeah to keep pushing through and to keep learning to mm-hmm. kettlebell courses to hear they, they teach you new things um you, you've a new style of doing things. i think i think it's so important yeah yeah so, that'd be my advice for longevity mm-hmm. keep learning keep innovating but also maintain your relationships and integrity and professionalism mm-hmm. yeah which yeah i guess <laughs> all that comes off off the relationship side mm-hmm. but yeah for sure Awesome. Thank you so much, Jamie, Thank for you. all your advice. Yeah. If Thanks people so wanted to um, get in touch with House of Comms for advice or your services, yeah. how would they get in touch with you? Houseofcoms.com. Mm-hmm. Nice and easy. Yeah, super we easy. We have a website. You've got a website. Everything's anchored there. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we just had to release a new one. It's not changed for two years. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and no, you're posting w- on your social media every day. <laughs> No, actually, we were we were doing we that were was doing a joke. That. we were doing that, but we're not anymore. I certainly am not. I'm not even on Facebook. <laughs> I might be soon. Yeah, after mm-hmm. this, you'll have to go on it. Yeah, build your personal brand. <laughs> well, well, thanks for coming to speak to us. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Bye. Cheers.